there's so much tech fatigue and there's so many tools and logins and user trainings of, well, do you know how to do this? And do you know how to click this button? We need to simplify things. The technology is great and everything, but we need to make sure that it's solving real problems for us. When we look at technology and we look at getting executive leadership buy-in, if you can't go into that room with a really solid problem that you're like doing a really good job at solving, it's going to be a little bit hard of a sell. Welcome back to Built Different, a podcast and community choosing to approach innovation differently. I'm Grant Hagen. I'm Brian Vizzaretta. And we're on a mission to rewrite the narrative around what innovation truly means. Last season, we did 12 episodes more focused on the field. And this season, we packed up our gear, joining teams in site trailers, offices, and even a few podcast studios, where we focused on the executive level and how innovation is making an impact within their organizations. New this season, we're introducing live streams to invite you to join the conversation. Also, we want to equip you by providing show recaps from each episode in our new Built Different download. Think different, be different, and build different. Well, welcome back to the Built Different podcast powered by Dronapoy Instruction Site. We have another amazing episode for you guys here slated today. Uh, we are actually live at uh, Future Tech, in our Future Tech out in the San Francisco area, and we got to uh, steal a couple folks from the keynote. Brian, I don't know, we, we keep getting really good presenters to come in and actually agree to be on the show with us. I don't know how we get it. Me either, but... I'm not questioning it. Not questioning it. Uh, just maybe appreciative. Uh, but we have Lucas and uh, and Josh from Ryan Companies, uh, who were the keynote today, uh, which is really fun. Uh, appreciate you guys making the time and, and coming in with us. Thanks for yeah. having us. Thanks for having us. This is going to be really fun. So um, we know that you probably didn't get to watch the keynote, but we uh, took some notes and some good things that we're actually going to talk about a little bit today uh, in this episode. But before we dive in, I uh, would love to hear a little bit about your guys' backgrounds, what you do with Ryan. Uh, give a little uh, folks a little lay of the land. I, I personally have a little uh, fun tie to Ryan. Midwest roots. I love that. So we were talking at dinner last night of all the fun Midwest things. But uh, for folks that don't know maybe uh, about you guys as a company, would love to kind of tie that into your guys' intro. So Josh, I'll start with you and then we'll go over to Lucas and get 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 right in. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for having us. Of course. Um, yeah, I guess my background starts, um, I'll just say at age 14. Is when I started doing this. Is always fun. We always are interested of how far back people go. Uh, so this is this is great. Yeah, it's probably before that, but age fourteen is when I had my first job building turkey barns. You know, growing up out in the country, so I'm Midwestern guy, Minnesota born. We, and we've raised. already done the Midwestern tie. Yep, I, I'm ten seconds in here. So, <laughs> so yeah, just uh, got started doing construction at a young age. That took me away from farming, and I decided I wanted to go down the road of construction. So as I journeyed through college and held a variety of pro, uh, jobs, um, as I as I got out and got more in, involved with commercial construction, uh, that led me to Ryan Companies eventually over uh, the course of, I think it was 2005, I think I started at Ryan. Um, yeah, here we go. Dating yourself more. Josh. Yep, yep. So I started at Ryan Companies in about 2005 and been there ever since, obviously. Um, came in as a superintendent. Uh, so by the time I was starting at 14, up until the point that I transitioned out of the field role into operations, I had a solid 20 years of field experience, you know, as a manager or as a carpenter um, in some capacity. So transitioned out of that superintendent manager role and got into operations here about 10 years ago. So as I kind of worked my way through the operations ranks, uh, it's, I've spent a lot of time focusing on projects and building teams relative to certain product types. You know, my health, my background is healthcare construction. So I spent a lot of time, you know, helping teams with healthcare projects across the country. And that transitioned into scheduling and building our scheduling program as a company. And most recently now, I've started to get more involved in learning and development and our uh, our data analytics side of the field operations. So I guess that kind of brings me to where I'm at today. You know, I'm a VP of field operations, focusing on learning and development for our staff. You know, 400, give or take, field managers nationwide, scheduling operations uh, company-wide, uh, field data analytics. So taking all this data that's being gathered from all of our tools uh, on job sites and making sense of it in the back end. And then working with Lucas here on emerging technology and trying to implement some of those solutions in the field. So that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Bravo. That, that was an incredible intro. Uh, one very comprehensive, uh, a little anecdotal to your roots too. And, and 
just incredible to hear what your hands uh, are in, uh, but also just the the time that it took to get there. I, I'm just taking some notes. Ten, 10 years of this and then 10 years like that. I think oftentimes we overlook of, hey, yeah, keep going in the same direction. You'll you'll find some really good outcomes. So great. Super helpful. Lucas, give us give us a rundown, buddy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, very similar, I would say, background minus the uh, Midwestern part of that. I grew up uh, about an hour north of Pittsburgh. Uh, family was you know, in construction. My uh, dad was a pipe fitter. Uh, and, you know, it was always kind of instilled in us to work with our hands and be outside. And we were always doing projects, whether it was renovations on our house or the neighbor's house or, you know, a new roof, a new deck. You know, it was always something. Every summer there was a new project. Um, I was also really fortunate. Our high school had a little bit of a CAD department, um, that you could kind of choose to take as an elective. So in high school, I kind of got that exposure to, um, computer, like six axis lathe. Right. And it was, uh, in the back room and they're like, well, if you can make it work, you're, you're welcome (laughs) to play with it. And so, you know, I was really fortunate in that to like, kind of have that tech, you know, enablement from a very, you know, young, uh, development stage and, uh, did residential plumbing like that in the summer, um, for a number of years. So, um, coming out of high school years and getting into college, I kind of knew I wanted to be an engineer knew I wanted to get in that space. Um, uh, took, you know, internships right away and kind of, uh, from there realized I wanted to kind of leave my hometown, leave, uh, Pennsylvania at that time. And, uh, Worked with a with a really great company, traveling the country, building really big, uh, complex projects. And uh, I normally say, you know, I was very fortunate in the role that they put me in to be on both the technical side of things in a kind of VDC management role, um, as well as more of a kind of project management role. So I could really see how tools, you know, traditionally that were always marketed to one skill set could really provide value if leveraged across mm. uh, typical role uh, lines and boundaries. So uh, from that, I've been, you know, uh, doing, I was doing that for a number of years and uh, joined Ryan companies about a year ago, uh, given the opportunity to kind of do that full time um, across the organization and, and look at different areas of our business. Ryan's a really fascinating company about the, the number of different business lines that we have and how do we look at using technology, uh, emerging technology, not just at the construction stage, but how does that uh, affect our A&E partners or how does that affect our development groups and how does that affect our operations team? So it's been really fascinating there to kind of look out what's on the market, um, very future focused, you know, what's early seed series A stuff and kind of apply that and, and kick the tire, so to speak of, you know, does that have value for us uh, within, within the company? Hmm. I've always been, I'm, I'm glad you hit on that, the multiple business lines, because it, it, I've always been encouraged of Ryan from afar, uh, being back in the industry of just how you guys were continuing to say, hey, there, there, are, there are ways that we can maybe help make an impact in some of these other parts uh, of the life cycle, not only of the construction life cycle, but the whole project life cycle. And uh, if you haven't heard of Ryan, or if you're new to maybe them as a company, would highly encourage you to go check out some amazing stuff that they're doing. We feel really lucky that you guys give us some time to, to chat about it. And it was fun to, to hear you guys talk uh, this morning um, from, from center stage, which is really great. Uh, I want to get into some fun stuff uh, because the, the focus of this season that we've really tried to uh, just have as a topic is this idea of technology implementation, uh, just kind of broad and wide. Uh, but how can you guys uh, maybe give us some story and context of of maybe not necessarily at the field level, kind of from your upbringing, Josh, but more of like, how do you get executive level buy-in about some of the stuff that you're doing? So let me give some context to that. So like, Lucas, your role wasn't a role probably at Ryan 10 years ago, right? And uh, I think maybe some of the things that you're doing, Josh, have kind of come as a result of some technology and someone had to kind of say, hey, maybe we put someone in this position to, you know, do data analysis and do some scheduling analysis and things. But what, what do you feel like at the executive level is kind of the perception around construction technology? Let's, let's maybe start there and then we'll kind of weave our way into some, some good, good conversation. Who do you want to go on that one? <laughs> Anyone. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> fire away. I, I mean, I, I could start it off. I mean, it, it's what I am very fortunate to spend, you know, 100% of my time working towards is, you know, how to make meaningful impact on our um, construction teams. And I think that's the most important thing to not get lost is, um, 
there's so much tech fatigue and there's so many tools and logins and user trainings of, well, do you know how to do this? And do you know how to click this button? You, you know, right now at Ryan, we're kind of recentering around, we need to simplify things. The technology is great and everything, but we need to make sure that it's solving real problems for us. Um, and that's something that, you know, when we look at technology and we look at getting executive leadership buy-in, um, if you can't go into that room with a really solid problem, uh, that you're like doing a really good job at solving, um, it's going to be a little bit hard of a sell, right? So I, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's pick your battles. Uh, you know, there's different technology is always emerging. There's always new stuff coming out, um, and new ways to, to solve challenges and, and solve these problems. Um, really getting alignment early on of, you know, what, it, what is it here that we're trying to do? Uh, and then that generally works out, I would say, fairly well. Um, yep. What about from your perspective, Josh? Well, I think we finally broke the line of being the least tech adoptive industry. You know, if you look across the industries in general, I think construction had the, the stigma for years of, you know, the least likely to adopt and, and embrace technology for, for improvements. So I think just over the past 15 years or so, at the C-suite executive level, people are realizing, okay, this, there's solutions out there. It comes down to number one, how does it simplify your day-to-day, right? So simplify operational improvements. That's really one of our focuses. So if we try to pitch something, a solution, one of the first questions back is, what is it gonna remove from mm-hmm. process? Mm-hmm. So we have this kind of saying internally, very new thing implemented, two things need to go away. It's mm. nothing magical about it. It's just kind of common sense. If this is truly making things better, it should reduce process. So I think that's one thing that really kind of comes to light. And then the other part that I think is, you know, the obvious is cost, mm-hmm. right? What's the ROI? And that can be difficult to determine yeah. at times, right? That's a little subjective. So you really got to. We have like of- a buzzer anytime we hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to have a buzzer, but I, I didn't yeah. bring my fancy soundboard. This our, time. Uh, our, our executive team does a good job of actually pushing, you know, those of us that are wanting to go this direction, really pushing us saying, okay, really, does that make sense? Let's let, mm-hmm. explain those numbers. How would you come up with that? So um, it can't just be a perceived fix to a problem. We really got to prove it out. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm just taking some notes over here. I, <laughs> this is a super weird analogy, but I just had to go for it because it. And we will probably oh. cut this out. Anytime I get my my wife tells me this in uh, our closet, we have a shared closet because we don't have a big closet. But uh, anytime I get a new piece of clothes, I can't. <laughs> basically, the rule is I can't go buy more hangers. Yep. I can't go yep. buy more hangers for my closet. And yep. it's like when you were saying that, I'm like, man. <laughs> I feel like a lot of companies just go buy a lot more hangers and they go buy a lot more stuff and they hang it up and they come back and they're like, I've never even worn that. I've never even like had that on. And it, it, sorry, it's just a weird analogy. No, no, I think that's a good one though. Should we coin that one? Yeah. No more hangers. No more hangers. (laughs) I mean, when you think about it, the change management and implementation process and the training and the development and everything that goes into adopting more technology, regardless of what it costs, the cost of the organization to train people on how to use it, on how to implement it on the back end, all the IT and shared services to support it, it's way more than just the agreement cost that you guys re- you reached with the, the solution provider. And you know that is something that's so applicable mm-hmm. that potentially gets overlooked a lot when we think about like, oh, we're gonna go into the C-suite to pitch this. I mean, our, our teams or our C-suite have been excellent and will yeah, that's what it says on the agreement. But like, are you thinking about all of these other kind of behind the scenes costs that mm. uh, I think get lost a lot of times when we when we talk about applying and you know buying new technology? Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Uh, maybe both of you guys could answer this question. Josh, you said something about is this technology actually solving things? Do you feel like the maybe executive level um, kind of perspective is different? from the field level perspective of what it's actually solving. Does that make sense? So like, yeah, no, it makes complete sense. You really have to kind of explain in greater detail, put context to it. Right. Because if you're at the, the executive C-suite level, you're just like myself so far removed from actually experiencing the day to day, you know, it's been almost 10 years since I ran a job. So I wouldn't be able to run a job today. Maybe not saying that right. 
I don't. I'm, yeah, d- I, don't I undersell yourself here. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't live in the world our superintendents do. You know, I, I get to show up and talk about stuff and look at stuff from a distance, and then I get to leave. They're in it every day. They've mm. gone through all these changes. They've seen uh, progress and, and challenges that have expanded over time that I've kind of missed out of you know, when I left the field 10 years ago. So they have a different perspective. So I think, yeah, just getting that fully understood that, hey, this is my world. This is my life I live. This is how it affects me, and this is how this could help me. Uh, is, is It's very beneficial to have those discussions and kind of you know, explain it a little bit more in depth when you're having those discussions. Well, I mean, what are some of those, I mean, you know, people – people get interested with obviously with emotion and then they justify the logic and like so what are some of those success metrics or like criteria around some of the you know tools that you are doing at the executive level that they like to see that may not be necessary at the field level i mean the, i mean we could talk about the one we we've kind of presented on today of um you know all the conversations around reality capture and computer vision and ai and all the like buzzwords that we've been talking about in industry for a couple of years um, it's great and all, but like, how do you go into a C-suite and be like, oh, we need these, right? And so kind of our approach to it was, well, let's look at historically, like how we've been using our current set of tools and could we put a computer vision AI layer on top of it? And what we like quickly found out is like, well, no, actually we can't, we're not ready for it. We're not ready for these tools. So to get us ready, you know, we looked at, well, Maybe, maybe there is a ROI here for autonomous robots to walk our job site. And we really kind of vetted that out of what does it take a team to go get an intern or, you know, add resources to their job to take photos and okay, what is, what is, you know, an agreement with a autonomous robot company worth? And that right there was a a fantastic level set of, because it was a truly like one-to-one add resources to do this, right? Uh, Or you know, find that partnership. And, you know, that's a little bit of a balancing, you know, teeter totter that we're kind of working towards getting it, you know, equivalent. Uh, sometimes when people see some of those prices, it's a little bit of sticker shock. Um, but then you put it into context of, well, that's a full-time person that mm. you would have to add to your job to use this stuff. So there was a great statistic you guys shared this morning. That I was just kind of like, Ooh, you can drop the mic from that. It's like, do you want to be building your AI models <laughs> on 41% coverage? Yeah. And I was just like, man, ain't that true? Like, but yeah. that's the stuff no one talks about though. Right. I mean, like everyone, everybody wants you know, progress tracking, but you know, we talk about the tripod, right? Go into it. Oh, the tripod. This Brian gives me, this, this is don't, you guys can steal this one. Let me tell you about the <laughs> hangar story. But that, but like the tripod is, is really like, hey, uh, to, to do really good progress tracking, you got to have really good capture. Mm-hmm. You got to have a really good model. And you got to have a really good schedule. Mm-hmm. And yep. like to, to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like which of those today is the most easy to really silo in itself and improve in its capture? I mean, it's all what you guys talked about this morning of like, hey, are we getting the right coverage? Hey, or do we have the right sequencing? Do we have the right... Um, just total breadth of what we need to do on a job. And you guys very eloquently said like, Hey, that's very hard. Mm-hmm. Right. But like you talk about models and like models are really tricky now. Mm-hmm. Like you hope that you go into jobs with really detailed and complex models. And we haven't even gotten to the scheduling part yet. Right. <laughs> yep. Or, or when you go in the field and you know, half of that duct run is actually up, but in the model, it's a single piece. Yeah. So mm-hmm. is it 100%? Is it zero? Or do I have to go in and start making section cuts in mm-hmm. every single one of these models? This is just a very hot topic between Brian and I. So he was, yeah. he was poking my buttons. But I, what's interesting about that, though, is I love what you said this morning, though, because it is true. It's like, hey, there's one thing to have a vision about something. And to your point of like having that conversation with the C-suite of like, hey, this is where we're going. But I love what you said, like, hey, let's take a look at what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Like, let's actually do the hard work of like looking at what's going on today. Any, any other thoughts to that? Um, I think I'll go down the schedule road here a little yeah. bit. You know, we realized a long time ago that in order for any of this to work, we've got to dial in the schedule. So I think that we've got that part covered. Mm. Yep. So check that box. Come on, that tripod and leg is sturdy. <laughs> which, which, which honestly is, That's, I mean, a diff, but that is, that has not been something that just happened overnight. No, right? it took like, about that is, five to seven years to get it dialed in. And, yep. and that was the one thing that, of you know, probably the hardest, I mm. think, in my opinion, to get pulled together and get to a point of stability where we can now start to utilize yep. the BIM model and the site capture. Mm-hmm. So 
we have a we have a ways to go, right? There's the, the capture thing that you mentioned, mm-hmm. but uh, we got a good foundation. Yeah, and I think that's the key for anybody looking to do yeah. this. I think you guys were saying this offline earlier, but like just simplify, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like I think a, a big challenge of getting executive buy-in is just over over simplifying it it's like hey i could tell you all the things or i could try to clarify all your linkedin feed of things that you're seeing but like the reality here is that these three things really matter yeah. if this is the direction we want to go we got to sure up these three legs and yeah. it yeah it's been an analogy that we've tried to kind of explain around that but i think one of the other things too for us is we always try to tie it back to our people mm-hmm. and how can we make we talked about that in the, uh, the session this morning is how can we make their lives the men and women running the jobs easier Mm -hmm. and if you can explain that our c-suite will be all over it right out of the gate because that that's quantifiable not just looking at the numbers or dollars but just knowing that there's a positive effect on the people and how their day-to-day goes i mean so i i I still want to figure out like how we put a metric to quality of life or like you know retention is usually well retention is one of those but it's like when when you start implementing some of your technologies it's like you you can't just like claim portion of their retention but you do have impact at all, at all these yep. at all these levels what's funny uh brian and i have been so fortunate to have a lot of these conversations and they're completely different companies completely different individuals different roles within the company but the themes that bubble up are fascinating uh, uh earlier episode this season quality of life whole episode uh, basically around that topic and it was like huh maybe we've missed something here maybe maybe we haven't talked about that component of why the technology that we are using does eventually get to across that finish line to be used or not to be used mm-hmm. in, in different yeah. ways. Yeah. I mean, cause just cause once you, once you cross that, you know, is this billable or are we at least not losing money on it? Then you get at least, I mean, not speaking particularly for Ryan companies, but a lot of the teams that I know that do implement technology is how much are we spending on this? And are we at least breaking even at some return? And then like all the unrealized value is something, you know, that we reap the benefits of, but I'm not going to, you know, have you sit there and try to get a number for me. Yeah. It, anyway, it, it is fascinating. And I, I'm, I'm curious, maybe a, a kind of parallel question to this is like, what, um, what themes do you hear from your guys' leadership team around technology? Like what are the questions that they're asking you guys, um, that, that you're kind of sifting through or kind of evaluating? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it right now is, um, do we need that? Do we want that? Um, and, you know, when we talk about what's the exact measurable, ask your teams what time they're going home at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right? Because a lot of this, like, tech stuff that gets deployed and, like, it serves this, like, corporate initiative or we can build a dashboard on this data to, like, analyze this, that, or the other thing. I would say that happens at, like, the last, what, hour of the day for most right. most field uh, team members. It's, ah, I, I got to go inside. You know, the crew's all left. Now I got to do all my paperwork. Right? So... You know, when we think about the themes that we're hearing of, how do we just eliminate that portion of the day? A lot of the times, the people are in the roles that they're in because they enjoy a certain aspect of it. And I would argue for a lot of our field teams, they enjoy that engagement, being out with the craft uh, and and really running work in the field. Their least favorite is doing paperwork in the trailer. Mm. So when we look at simplifying, let's, let's focus our energy there. And make like them feel better about what it is that they come to work to do. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much repetitive paperwork that we could work on. <laughs> yeah. And all those problems are in the field. Yeah. More yeah. than yep. more more than you know. Yes. If you're not spending the time in the field, it, you can't be preventative. You know. Yeah. Just if, I, if I'm spending all day in the office, then you're just fighting fires from a mm-hmm. desk. That's where they're most valuable. Yeah. Is absolutely. solving the human problem outside that they're good at. I mean, when it comes into like, oh, well, like how much duct work was installed, like. We can figure that out. Like it is in our grasp. Yeah, it's you know mm-hmm. developing, and that's what we talked about this morning. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's coming. It's out there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, so obviously in your position, you, you kind of play this role of you know a, almost a quarterback in regards to technology, where you have to you have a, a directional idea where you're going to throw the ball, and then you know the wide receiver has to kind of <laughs> are anticipate. You, are you going analogy route yeah, here? Yeah, this yeah. is the first analogy on the podcast I've ever, ever heard right? from Brian. And, and you this have to, good. you know, you have to kind of anticipate where that ball has to go for the rest of the team to meet you. It's like how much of expectation setting are you also doing at that, at that level? Or is it mostly, you know, more, this is kind of like you setting the direction versus, you know, having to really kind of dial something back. Mm. I haven't quite thought of it that way. I mean, I, I would say a lot of the work, 
you know, that we're kind of doing in that emerging tech space is what's the feedback that they're giving us? What route do they want to run? That's where we'll throw the ball, right? Because mm. they're, they're the ones... I'm just going to lean into that analogy. Like they're the ones that are like, Guys, making us. Can we just talk about the analogies that are getting dropped here? And, and if, we start, if we start going to get into sports, we're never going to. I am loving, loving this over here in my seat. Please keep going. I mean, they're the ones that are out there. You know, we're a builder, you know, Ryan companies. We have a couple of different product lines that we were talking about. But when we think about our, you know, building side of our business, they're the ones building. They are the ones out there, you know, um, making that happen. So anything we do from the shared service side needs to kind of cater to that. So it's, it's, yeah, we, we kind of have a pulse on where the industry is going and we can maybe steer in that direction, but it really comes down to what do you need? What do you want? Like, what's the worst part of your day? Yeah. We'll go find something to help with it. I kind of want to camp there for a second. How are you getting that feedback? Like, how do you guys hear, I mean, both roles, obviously you get to mingle with a lot of different projects and individuals, but how do you, how do you hear that? Yeah, so I was going to mention it's a continual feedback loop, right? So we look at data coming from the job sites. What are the superintendents putting in their daily reports? What can we glean off that information? What, where are their problems? Where are their challenges? What are we hearing from regional teams? You know, it could be something centered around procurement or site management or uh, speed to contract. You know, these are all things that we're talking about internally that we're noticing, hey, there's an issue here. So we're taking it basically from the you know, teams that are providing us with that information, understanding, hey, there's an opportunity here, and then looking at what are our solutions. You know, it's not always a tech solution, but mm -hmm. a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. So we're just basic identification of problems. How are we going to solve the problem? Mm -hmm. At that point, we can start looking at tech, no tech. What what do we need to change from an operational perspective? Process change, process refinement, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so funny in that feedback loop, right? Because your teams are trained. You never give a number unless you are 100% sure that is the exact number, right? So when you start asking ROI, it's like, well, I don't know, right? That's your default answer unless I know it's 300, you know, mm -hmm. et cetera, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So like a little mental hack we started doing was we, we started asking like, what's the return of time? Because mm -hmm. then people will be like, oh yeah, you know, two to three hours, blah, blah. It's just been an easier way to dial that back and then you you multiply it by their billable hour, which, is, which has been pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a technique that we've done. You know, we asked different team members about how much time they spend a week on this task or that task and it's definitely definitely helps us kind of narrow our focus of all right what are the problems or what are the things worth solving right because that's another i would say uh, issue maybe in the construction tech industry is you can there's so many solutions to solve so many different problems which ones are actually worth the effort to solve mm. and how do you rank and file and order those things of yeah, we could get to that, but we need to do this first. Yeah, I, I mean, key theme season two was just like how, starting with your problem statement. You guys even said that earlier. It's like how many people are actually doing that? Because when you do get in that conversation with, a, you know, an executive level person, it's like, hey, like I'm not just here bringing you another cool thing that I heard about, you know, or future tech. Like <laughs> I'm here to actually bring you a problem that's really challenging. And hey, let me like tell you how we're going to go mm -hmm. about solving this. Um, I, I just wish more people, myself included, going back in time, like would have actually focused around that in itself. And it's like, that is well, just so it's much It's almost because you inherently know the problem, but unless you define it, the mm. person that you're showing this to may not see that exact mm. same vision that you're, you're thinking of. They, yeah. ju they just see, oh, I need to start. Now you're telling me I have to do something else. Mm. I mm -hmm. think if you're having a hard time identifying your problem statement, go spend an afternoon on a job site. <laughs> they will love, they would love to tell you their problems. Yeah. <laughs> Just spend time. Yeah. I mean, that's some yep. of the favorite part of my, my role is to spend time out there with them. Yeah, your best feedback is going to come from the site, yeah. no doubt. And they're going to tell you when something you do is not working for them. Well, I mean, <laughs> what has been one of your favorite, like, wins from a field team, like, on a project or, you know, even just, like, something you got to experience? Um, me, I mean, specifically, I think, again, what we kind of talked about this morning at the keynote was um, back in the day, like, bringing Google Street View to a job site was like, oh, well, why would we ever want that? And now that's turned into, I mean, obviously what we're all here kind of talking about, um, it's grown so rapidly from, oh, I would, I would never need something like that to, well, I, I can't log in and see what's happening on the job from my laptop, right? So that was something directly, you know, in my kind of experience that I got to be on the early end of and now kind of see it flourish and, you know, be what it is today. Yeah, I think, you know, just over time, going back, we were talking about this a little bit before, 
back when we didn't have technology as a superintendent, you went out there every day with your digital camera and took <laughs> photos, of every wall, every condition, whatever, went back to your computer, downloaded it, filed it in the folder. I mean, that was very laborious to do that. Work. Josh, people are still doing that today. <laughs> are they really? <laughs> yes. So Keep going. But you take it from that point to walking around with a camera with 360 view on a hard hat or a stick and going into every room. Okay. And that got that much faster, right? So instead of taking an hour, now we take five minutes, whatever. And to the point of what we talked about this morning, the, the next step is now it just does it for you. So what used to take an hour 10 years ago now takes zero time from a field manager's mm -hmm. perspective. So again, getting that time back for the manager and getting good quality there, there. Imagine the day you come into the site trailer and you ask Alexa, pull up room 302 <laughs> to the in wall phase. I got something messed up. Right. Like, or even boom. just, we were talking about, which we'll end the episode with this. I don't want to precursor us, but yes, that, that there is some really cool things that even to like think about that, yeah. like that is just crazy, crazy th cool to think about. I, I kind of want to go, I'm going to, I'm going to turn the corner here a little bit, turn my blinker on. Uh, I kind of want to go into like a little workshop of sorts. So you guys have talked about, hey, simplify, less tools. Brian and I are going to role play a little bit as your guys' executive team <laughs> of asking you, hey, what tools are we, you know, maybe could we cut? Hey, what tools are maybe not helping us? And, and I'm, I'm curious to like really pick your guys' brains of the, like the process of that. Like what are the questions that you're hearing? What are the questions that we are typically asking as maybe your guys' exec team? And, and how do you like actually go through that? Because... I think some of the listeners that we've seen on here and that we've engaged with are, are asking us that same question too of like, well, how do I like really shrink these things down that maybe I don't need six tools, maybe two of them really get me 80, 90% of the way there. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, can we do this? Cause I, I'm, we're spending way too much. What's going on <laughs> guys. Why is our, uh, our technology spend $500,000? What are, what are we using? I don't know if I could like answer that because I would say we're doing a good job of paring down our solutions that I don't know if I want to pick one and just say, no, we're, we're going to cut it. Okay. Let me ask I'm, this. Imagine if they cut us live. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right. So we're going to replace you guys. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe this, maybe this question, <laughs> Brian, that was a little bold of a statement. We're, hey, we're going to cut, we'll cut that. Hey guys, are there any tools that we're using that do very similar things that you guys think we could go with uh, one over the other? Go ahead. There, there are tools, yes, that do very similar things, but right now there's not a tool that does the similar things all together, right? Okay. So we're still, we're still stuck with we've got to have this solution for this tool we want, we got to have this solution for this tool we want, and we've got to merge the, the tools mm -hmm. together to get to get what we need mm -hmm. on the back end. So it, Josh, do you see a day that um, there there is one tool? I hope so. Yeah, because that goes back to that simplification part, right? If we don't need four tools or eight tools, um, if we can rely on one or two, it's just less directions to head as a site manager. And do, Josh, do you feel like software companies know that? Are they going in that direction or are point solutions just going to abound for the next five years and we have a, a whole basket full of point solutions? Yeah, I think the, the ones I've talked to, I think, know that, but it's hard to get around that point solution perspective because... White software companies are all businesses trying to build their their you know their offerings and until we get to a point where they can either partner or mm -hmm. acquire right and then get to that point where their solution is available and I don't know if we even identify what that solution looks like maybe that's part of the problem too from the industry's perspective we all have a different idea of what we need so as software providers how do you try to match up with what 47 different needs are yep mm -hmm. yep yeah i would say a lot of um kind of our active pilots right now and things that we're working towards um generally my kind of first line of feedback is um don't expect the team to like stop what they're doing how they're doing it today and like log into your tool right like that's like point blank a mm -hmm. very you know blunt statement i make right off of you know, if you are a new solution providing, you know, new meaningful technology to the job site at this point, you're probably going to need to pipe that somewhere because, you know, the expectation that a superintendent is going to all of a sudden, like learn how to use a new tool. 
again, it goes back to that backend cost of how much training and implementation yep. is there to get them to do it. However, if you have a novel and, and really good solution that is being piped into the tools that they're already using, all right, now we, now we have something that we can talk about. That is like that theme and root of simplification. And to Josh's point, there are tools that do some similar things kind of in our tech portfolio. Um, and at Ryan Companies, we, we try to enable that grassroots movement of letting people experiment and try things that you know they are passionate and connected to. And we kind of look at that of, you know, we measure all of that. We're very calculated in, let's figure out which of these tools are doing it better in the things that we at Ryan need. Mm -hmm. And then as we can kind of steer that and, and make the connections and take the data into our operating environment, then that's when we say, okay, this is, this is the tool now to do it. Yeah. And that's kind of where those, some of those cuts come in. Uh, I'm curious a little bit too. Um, where, where do you feel like, um, some of your maybe leadership team or exec team, uh, learns about new stuff kind of on the horizon? Cause I have some opinions, but I, I just remember being in a seat where it was like, you would get shown something and why are we not doing this? Or, Hey, this looks amazing. Mm -hmm. And cue the conversation, but I'm just curious, like where, where do you think, uh, some of the leadership team hears about new stuff and. I think from my perspective, I hear a lot of it coming from the team underneath them. Mm. So the, mm. the new employee that comes to Ryan, you know, new superintendent that used to work for contractor A had this solution they implemented and used there. So we don't have it here. We need to use this. Mm. So mm -hmm. that comes, you know, from that direction to us. And then we have to either explain why we don't use it or, you know, look at it. Mm -hmm. It might be something new. Yeah, I mean, I would say some of the most, I would say, rewarding conversations on, you know, that specific scale were when uh, one of their peer groups, mm -hmm. you know, someone in their peer group talked about a topic that they could then come back to us and be like, what do you know about this? And that is just the, the probably the best jumping off point of, let me tell you what we know about this. Let's talk about the work that we're already doing in this space. And that kind of like makes that connection of like now they're personally invested in it because mm -hmm. now they get to go back to their peer group and be like, ha, yeah, we're actually doing that already. Like, <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, it's it's kind of all relative. Yeah. It, those are always like super fun conversations, though, because you're like, I actually do have an answer for you. Yeah. And here's your one pager. And you should take that back to your group. And uh, actually, like when, when you say peer groups, too, are are those kind of like what perceived to be is like, um, like CEO round tables or CFO round? Like, is that kind of what you would say is like, like, are they industry led peer groups that you can think of yeah. or like, yeah, sometimes, I mean, sometimes they're formal like that. Sometimes they're informal, mm. right. And just knowing someone in a completely different industry, totally doing a completely different thing talks about what's affecting their business that then our group is like, oh, well, like we better get, get ahead mm -hmm. of this. And it's like, yeah, we, we should get ahead. Let's of go this. to the flip side of that. Maybe a little bit like let's flip that to, uh, when you hear something or something is brought to you that you're just like, whoa, that is not reality of what's going on right now. Or, Hey, that's maybe a very good, what we like to call Hollywood BIM, uh, of going <laughs> on out there. Like what are some of those kind of conversations look like? That's the new shiny thing, right? That's what we always talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually you could have a very detailed discussion about, well, here's why it doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? We have this solution in place. We're signed up for three more years or whatever it is. You know, there's usually a story of, okay, this is, you know, there, there's times where it's way too early to even look, right? Mm -hmm. We're still on the developmental mm -hmm. stage. So we'll keep an eye on it and we'll talk about it maybe in a year. So it's good to know what's out there, but it's usually pretty easy to, give it a quick test and see, okay, let's, let's just wait on this one. Totally. The last one I remember before I transitioned over was, um, and shout out to the XYZ guys, mm -hmm. uh, their video, I think went viral on LinkedIn of putting on the headset, scanning the QR code and seeing the model in the field, which uh, I know very little about XYZ. If you are a listener and work there, we would love to, I would just love <laughs> to talk to you guys. I think it's awesome. But that was one I remember. I was like, Oh, are we doing this? Or is this like, a man? and, I go back to the education piece of being overly simple. It's like, okay, let me talk to you about my tripod. Like, hey, we got to have a really good model. We got to have a really good model to do that, you know, and, and like trying to break down some of those things for the folks that do come and they're so excited and you don't want to like push their excitement away. Like you want that to keep coming, but you also want to garner it with a little bit of reality. 
Yeah. And yeah. usually what I what I see when this comes up in, in my direction, there's usually a discussion about, okay, how does this affect us from an HR perspective? How does it affect mm. us from a legal perspective? How do the, how are the unions going to look at it? I mean, it's pretty easy to run those traps really quickly and mm. say, okay, there's going to be a challenge here to implement this. So let's table it, think about it, talk about it, and you know, have a discussion mm-hmm. later. So we, we try to kind of pre-test those, those, you know, shiny new tools that sure. way to see how's it going to fit in with what reality is. Sure. Yeah. I go back to like on that topic of let's dive deeper. Like, what are you like? You're bringing this. What part, like, why are you bringing this? Cause you saw a video about it or like, is there something in your current day to day that like this would solve for you? Let's, let's talk about that problem. And maybe it's not this specific shiny thing, but let's, let's like explore that because it, we might not be able to solve it now. I mean, again, what we presented today, I think there was a viral video 10 or so years <laughs> by a company that, you know, promised all of that stuff. And it took us until now until we can do it. So, you know, it, it could be flashy and, hey, this is going to change our business forever. Why do you think that? Let's explore that. Let's find that problem kind of buried underneath the flash and, you know, put it on the shelf maybe for a little bit until that matures. I mean, what a great response. Like, hey, this is great. Like, yeah. what is this problem? You're like, what's the problem you're trying to solve here? Like, I can't, I can only imagine there's an individual I'm thinking of, like how they would have responded to that question. And it's a great question. Cause it's not a like, Hey, I'm pushing you off question. It's a very inviting question of still like, Hey, yes, keep coming. Cause I, I think that's oftentimes some of our listeners too find themselves getting discouraged of like, Oh, I don't have a culture like Ryan, or I'm not in this company like this. And my executive team doesn't come ask me those questions. And so it's like, Oh, I'm just pushing mud up a hill, you know, and <laughs> am I ever going to get there? But that is a great question to ask of not only to your exec team, but also to your you know field team. If they do bring something up of saying, Hey, like, this is amazing. What, what problem are you trying to solve mm-hmm. here that, that you feel like this could any thoughts, Brian, I got to know the viral video. Cause I think I know what you're talking about. We'll talk about it offline. <laughs> <sighs> we'll cut it out. Uh, but I, yes, I think I, I think I know the video you're talking about. And it was great because it's like it helps provide that vision of like what could be, you know, yeah. like is this something that's possible and is the company still around? We'll talk off. Oh, gosh, I got to know. I got to know. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they uh, it, I, yeah, it's a great video. Do you got I, I got another loaded question coming up here. You got anything? No. OK. Uh, another question that I was thinking through was like, how, how do you guys evaluate? Like, okay, so we kind of talked about, hey, like an exec person maybe asking you some of those questions, but like, how does how does your team evaluate software of saying, should we keep doing this? Should we not keep doing this? Hey, these kind of are merging here. Uh, maybe we only need one of the two, or maybe we should kind of stay a little bit longer. Like, tell me your guys' evaluation process, because again, purpose for kind of the listeners of saying like, Hmm, maybe I do need to simplify. Maybe I do need to kind of consolidate some stuff, but maybe they don't know some of the kind of structure of how you guys would kind of approach that. Yeah. I mean, um, the way I kind of have framed this with our groups and our teams are, um, being in innovation management role or being on an innovation team in the construction industry is new, right? It's a very new role and it, you know, as I work with teams, it's, it's let's make that role legitimate and provide more than, Hey, I have this new shiny object and I know someone over there, like we can connect you and like get an agreement. It's truly study it, manage it, like dive deep into it of how teams are using it and how, you know, it's changing their day. Is it, are they allowed, are they going home 10 minutes earlier at the end of the day and not spending an extra hour in the trailer, you know, doing paperwork at the end of the night? Right. Like that is where I see what this innovation management role is, is to go to a deeper level. Anyone can call, you know, any of these solution providers and sign an agreement. I mean, not technically because we would (laughs) probably put a stop to it. But I mean, the point is, is it's not an exclusive agreement that like you have to work with the innovation department at these companies. Really, anyone can reach out and, and start that ball rolling. But we look at it as, you know, we're a partner with our teams. If they're interested in something, you know, we'll provide that extra legwork of studying. What does it mean to them? Is it valuable? And they don't then have to like on top of their day job and using the tool and, you know, doing everything else we ask them, ask them to do. Like they don't have to like prepare a statement of how it helped them. Like they have assistance in that. Well said. Yeah. And I like what Lucas said earlier about 
identifying what the problem is you're trying to solve. So if somebody comes to us with, you know, this is what we want to do, what's it going to solve? And a lot of times we'll find, and this is part of that, that question you had is we'll find that there already was something that was looked at before. Somebody came to us mm. with a new, Hey, I'd, I'd like to do this. And we look at it and say, well, we did that. Or this really isn't a problem. This is just something you're experiencing. So we're not seeing it at the rest of the company level. So um, those are a few of the things we'll look at when somebody brings it to us and we want to evaluate from a, from, from like my perspective, I said it before, what are we simplifying? So if, if we're looking to maybe try to merge a couple tools together, you know, that's a case of simplification where we can say, this is going to be helpful for us. This would be beneficial if we go down this road. And sometimes it, it, that option is not there. So we're looking at new solutions Then we're layering on and we're taking, you know, instead of getting rid of two things, we're adding another. So mm -hmm. we're, we're weighing all those things, you know, on top of the cost and the, you know, the, the maintenance costs as well. I think Lucas alluded to that at the beginning. It's not only just the initial cost, but then there's the what happens in two years or three years yeah. or what if we switch and go a mm -hmm. different direction. Mm -hmm. It's not just paying for the software. It's redeveloping all of our backend stuff, yep. you know, on top of the implementation costs. So uh, there, there's a number of things I think you got to focus on. I think the easy thing people go to and are gravitated towards is just a feature list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, man, don't. It's not about features like, yes, right. the features are super important and like, but really if you break it up in a little pie graph, right? Like that is only one slice of the pie. Like you got to talk about the operation side of it, how this works into your systems. Hey, let's talk about the culture and people of the company. Like, do you yeah. genuinely like enjoy working with them? Like, do you see them as a partner or do you see them as a vendor? It's just hard. Cause I think it's easy to do the feature comparison and it's hard to do the like organizational deep dive right mm -hmm. yeah i mean i would i would challenge teams instead of like looking at the website of like oh this does all of these things put that aside make a list of what you want what you need a solution to do get through all those problem statements of like well these are some related problems we're seeing in the business maybe from multiple dis different business groups you know write those down and then go to the market and find something that solves the majority of them or like that build something that solves them you know some of those and that's a lot of uh i'll give a shout out to our you know teams at ryan we do a, a pretty thorough job of integrating our tools and if we need to build a connection from one to the other we're not afraid to do it right so when we look at individual point solutions they don't have to check every box but we at least have to under have a thorough understanding of what boxes do we want checked maybe not tomorrow but eventually, hmm. right? And then pick the solution if that's the route the team, you know, that we mm -hmm. decide to go. Pick the solution that we're able to integrate into the way that we do business instead of changing the way we do business to to fit the feature set of a tool that you're going to buy. <clears throat> yeah, I, I want to tag on to that because I think what you mentioned about the feature list, I think we've seen instances where people focus on the feature list and what we've realized is we need... 30% of those features. That's what we really use. So it's like using an analogy. I'm going to buy a car and oh, by the way, the car is going to give me a back rub and it's got a moon roof and a sunroof and you know, all these add-ons. I don't need all that. I just need a car to get me to work. So on the tech side, I think we started to look at it from that same perspective. And, 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 that, and how much do you dive into those, like even from your CS people, like those usage metrics on different features? Do you, do you get into that deep or? Okay. Oh yeah. Can we talk, talk a little bit about that? Um, I mean, especially in our pilot program, I'd say we have a pretty rigid, not rigid, but very thorough pilot program. And we try to eliminate the variables where we can of there's a learning curve, there's implementation, there's training, there's all of these different things. Um, which features and functions are people picking up without being prodded or suggested of, oh, hey, did you know it does this? Or you could do it, use it like this. Like, what are the tools that or features that they're going to and be like, yes, it does this and no one needs to train me because I figured it out because, mm. right, for all the, all the reasons, you know, we can talk about. But, um, I mean, we definitely are looking at what features people are want and what they're using 
organically. And then, you know, if there are other things we're like, oh yeah, no, we want, we want you to use this for this reason. A lot of times, as Josh was talking to earlier, it's kind of explaining it of like why we want them to use it. And once they like kind of understand, oh, we're building a dashboard or we're analyzing it on the back end or whatever we're doing, most people are like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Thanks for the help. So totally. Uh, guys, I want to be conscious of time. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting close to our, uh, well, we are one minute over uh, of our time, but, um, thank you all so much. This is super uh, fun. I, one, it's always just encouraging to hear other perspectives. We've been excited to get to have you guys on the show. Um, and just feel lucky that somehow we snagged you from your keynote, which is awesome. But, uh, just to how you guys represent Ryan, it, it's, it's fun. We, Brian and I get a, a really fun chance to meet more people at different companies. And it's cool to see, just how well you guys not only represent your company, but your, the people and the project teams that you guys get to work with. And, and, and that shows obviously through the, the amount that you guys care for them and obviously the, the organization as a whole too, but just appreciate you guys making the time to, to join in with us. Any last thoughts, Brian? No, I, I mean, I just want to say that we definitely have to come visit some sites with you guys sometime <laughs> too. Like I, I've just been seeing some of those Ryan renderings and I mean, the projects are, are, are no joke all around the country. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, that's awesome. Any, any last thoughts or things that we didn't, uh, didn't hit on? I, I mean, you got your analogy in Josh. I, I don't know, Lucas, I feel like <laughs> I, I leaned into the sports football. football. No, that, that was good. Yeah. yeah. We, we all had an analogy. <laughs> that was, uh, that was awesome. Any, any last thoughts? No, thanks for having us. I mean, you guys are doing a great thing here with just getting the getting the word out. This is this is really helpful for everybody. Just talking about this and helping learn from other companies and sharing those those experiences that they're having. A, a big thing Brian and I said was the day that we wouldn't want to listen to these conversations is the day we're stopping. So yeah, uh, yeah it's it's been fun. Honestly, it's it's really cool. It I, we said it's really cool to see some similarities, but yet the unique differences. And mm-hmm. I think what you said, Lucas, is just. I've always been just super impressed with Ryan and like how thoughtful you guys are. Like when I think of you guys and your brand and culture, like it is very thoughtful, um, intentional, intentional. Yeah. Which is great. And, and hopefully again, for folks that are listening in, it's like, it, it does take that, right? Like you, if you aren't, you know, banded with people that you feel like are, you know, on that same mindset, like maybe it's an opportunity to go talk to some of these companies, you know, in some way. So All that to say, thank you all again. This has been really fun. Uh, Thank you guys for listening in. We hope this has been a fun episode for you guys to tune into, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Thanks. team. Make sure to subscribe to Built Different on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Let's build this community together.